Welcome to Speak, the Association of Professional Dog Trainers podcast for pet parents. This podcast is about training your dog using positive reinforcement techniques. In each podcast, we will discuss different training topics and educate pet parents on the importance of dog training and help their dog become a well-behaved canine citizen. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Today, we are talking about benefits of training your dog, and today, we also have a special guest, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hey, Trevor. How's it going? Good. I'm so excited that we're talking about this together. This is going to be fantastic because a lot of people probably have an idea of some inherent value to training their dog. Um, You know, of course, the morality of it, like I should definitely train my dog. (laughs) But there is also some other amazing benefits that we're going to cover today. Maybe some that might surprise some people that they've never heard before. Um, So I'm real excited to jump into this. Are you ready? Uh, Yes, I'm ready. All right. Well, I I think the very first one we all kind of know that um, training your dog increases your bond with them and increases your communication with them. Um, what do you have some thoughts about that? Oh, yes. Um, training with your dog, it helps you, it makes you spend more time with your dog um, and interact with them more in a positive way, all with strengthen your relationship. You know, I always say that you're always training your dog, whether you're interacting them with them or not. Um, so if you have some plans to train with your dog, and catch them doing something good, it's just a really great way to increase your bond and strengthen your relationship. Yeah, and that people should know that the behavior and what behaviors our dogs do is all um, due to reinforcement. And it's, what I mean by that is behavior increases through rewards. And so whether it's a behavior we like or don't like, it's there's typically a reward behind that behavior, something that makes the dog want to do it again and again and again. And by training our dogs, we can give them the framework and give them the guide that, okay, I don't want you jumping up on me when I come home or when my guests come home, but I instead want you to do go on the bed. I want you to stay in a sit. You know, this, this is where training and the benefits of training really come into play. Like we're teaching our dogs what we want them to do instead of the undesirable behaviors. Exactly. Um, dogs don't know um, what we want. They're not born knowing how to behave in our world. Um, and left to their own devices, they will behave like dogs. They will jump. They will chew on things. They will bark. And, you know, a dog doesn't jump on you or your guest because they are trying to misbehave. It's because they want attention, and that's how they think they get it. And just as you said, teaching them another behavior, like to sit or to go to their place when guests came, come in, or uh, with chewing. They don't know they shouldn't chew up your socks or your furniture or your kids' toys. They do it because it feels good and it's fun. And it's your job to really teach them the proper things to chew on, like a bone or a food-filled toy. And when we train um, with our dog and reward them for making good decisions and good choices, it makes our lives and our dogs much better. Totally. And I like how you brought up the Kongs or chew toys. And that talks about like kind of mental enrichment. Um, when we think about exercising our dogs, we think about taking them out on walks, going to the park, playing fetch with them, that kind of stuff. But for one, dogs are so athletic that it's really hard to wear a dog down, down physically. Um, I've had many 
students of mine come to me. It's like, I take my dogs on two-mile walk morning and night, and they're still crazy. And a big missing portion of their life is training because dogs need mental enrichment. Dogs need to exercise their brain even more so sometimes in their body, particularly like a border collie. Like a border collie are bred to run miles and miles and miles a day to herd sheep and cattle and all sorts of stuff. There's no way you're physically going to be able to keep up with your dog. And that's one of the big benefits of bringing training into play is helping kind of give your dogs the tools to help them to be successful, not only inside your home, but out in the, in the real world around other places and things like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I have a pretty high-energy dog. I have a German Shorthaired Pointer. Um, and there again, they're bred to run and run and run. And um, I always say that just training for five, ten minutes at a time in short little sessions can be just as tiring as, or more tiring um, than a 30-minute walk or a run. And if we're constantly working our dogs and constantly running them, that's what they're going to want. But if we add in some calm behaviors and um, train for calmness, um, then that kind of calming behavior and that calmness increases. Um, so we don't always want to be running, running our dogs because that's what they're going to expect. Yes, totally. Training for calmness. You hit the nail on the head. That's so cool that you mentioned that. It, it brings me back to my own personal dog. I just got a brand new puppy. I'm so excited. His name's Bolt. He's oh. a border collie puppy. Yeah, I know. Um, I wonder how many people on here listening right now, you guys, if you guys are listening right now, if you have a puppy, you know, that is so awesome and scary at the same time. Um, but once again, high energy, like your German Shepherd, you know, and one of the things I love doing is when I see him laying down and being calm or chewing on his chew toy, I make sure to reward him for that. I either give him attention, I pet him, I let him know how much I enjoy that because there's a lot of times we miss that opportunity of reinforcement and rewarding our dogs for that behavior because we're so focused on getting our dogs to fetch the ball. We're so focused on loose leash walking, come when called, very active behaviors, but we also need to be just as focused on the calm behaviors, just as focused on rewarding our dogs for chilling and relaxing both at home and in public. That's, that's so true. Um, and, uh, you know, with puppies, I, I have an eight-month-old dog, so she's still in that puppy phase. Uh, we do want to teach them that sometimes just not doing anything is what we want. Um, you don't always yeah. have to sit or roll over or run, you know, <laughs> just lay on your mat and I'll come and give you treats. Uh, you know, that, exactly. those kind of behaviors. Um, and so for those that are, yeah, for those that are listening out with a very hyper energetic dog um, and you're wondering how to get them to be more calm, you know, behaviors that are rewarded are likely to increase. And the be- if you only um, pay attention to your dog when they're being naughty or things that you don't like them doing, like, so let's just, for instance, maybe they've been laying on their nice bed for about 10 minutes or so and you said, oh, they're being calm, relaxed, I can get some work done, you know, clean some dishes, answer some emails, all that stuff. Well, then your dog all of a sudden gets bored of laying on that mat, and they decide to go chew up your shoe, or they try to go bark at the squirrel that's outside, and then you get up from whatever you're doing, you stop with whatever you're doing, and you interrupt that behavior. You're not necessarily mean to them, but you go ahead and kind of start to give them what we call attention, which is a huge currency to dogs. So your dog comes away from that experience thinking to themselves, okay, what got my person's attention the fastest, laying on this mat or barking at the squirrel or chewing up the shoe? 
you know, it's not laying on the map. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely, absolutely, that's that's so true. Um, and you know, with puppies, starting young is so important. And but you can also you can teach old dogs new tricks, absolutely. But you know, start training them from day one because um, training not only is fun, but it can also help keep them safe. Um, a good stay can keep a dog from running into traffic. Um, and when your dog knows how to come when you call them, it can keep them from getting lost or possibly hurt. So training those behaviors, you know, at a, at a really young age or right when you get your dog is really important. Oh, totally. We always want to keep our puppies safe. You know, we definitely, um, you know, want our dogs to do all these really cool, fancy tricks, shake a paw, maybe do some dog agility and all that stuff. But those basics are really important. And that bond that comes back to right straight to that bond that if you are always trying to catch them in the act of doing something wrong, then you start becoming this like police, like kind of high figure, like, oh, I'm always going to get in trouble around my mom or dad. You know, it's like we don't want our puppies to think that. And that's where another benefit of training, setting up framework, setting up opportunities for reinforcement for the correct behavior so that when you call them, whether you're in your living room or in your backyard, they're going to want to come and call because they look at you as a huge, valuable point of reinforcement and coming to you. So we definitely want to keep our puppies safe. We want to keep our puppies socialized. And speaking of going out in public and socializing our puppy, what are some of the major benefits you think of uh, – hold on a second here. Uh, what are the, some of the major benefits of um, training our puppies when it comes to maybe taking our dogs to the vets or the groomers or any of that kind of stuff? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, you can prepare your dog for a visit to a groomer or a dog daycare um, by just doing some stuff at home. Um, so, for example, if you want to get your dog ready to go to the groomer, um, you handle their feet and their ears and their mouth and their hind end. Um, this makes going to the groomer, you know, less stressful for them and for the groomer. Mm -hmm. They kind of know what to expect and they're used to it. Um, also, just teaching your dog some common cues that other people will use. It can help them relax a little bit because the groomer might say it or the doggy daycare person might say it, and they know it. Um, you know, quick example, our little puppy Avery uh, was boarded for the first time last week, and the mm. people at the place said every time they went to open the kennel, Avery would sit and wait until she was released. And that just made things so much easier because they didn't have to worry about her running out or running them over. Now, when they opened the kennel, they did have a crazy pointer running around going crazy. <laughs> right. Wait, you know, and it's just, it makes it so much better. And it's just less yeah. stress for everybody. Yeah, these places don't have to be stressful for a dog. They don't, vets don't have to be stressful. Grooming doesn't have to be stressful for dogs, particularly if they are able to be handled. Because you can guarantee that if your dog doesn't like you, their person to... Um, not touch their paws, touch their ear, give them maybe a hug here and there. They're definitely not going to want a stranger doing it, and especially in those sometimes high-stress, chaotic environments because there's other dogs that are at these places that are maybe are stressed out, um, you know, for various reasons, and your dogs feed off that. So we want them to know ahead of time before going to the vet program groomer that, that being touched on the ear and their paws and being examined are rewardable opportunities. And we want them to know that this is okay. And we want them to also have great experiences with these vets and groomers because we want them to make sure that they know that strangers are not danger. <laughs> so um, that we don't want them to go out in public and think that everything's going to poke them with a needle or hold them down or anything like that. Uh, 
Um, so we, we want to get our dogs opportunity to be reinforced and also to not get to, you know, when you start to train your dog to greet you properly at home and to be handled and be pet without having to be a wiggle worm, it makes you able to go take them more places, go to that outdoor patio at a restaurant to go to the park without the worry of them always being with warm in, in that type of environment. So we, the benefits of training, you know, we definitely think when we get our dogs into our lives, they're part of our family. And one of those family activities is taking our dogs out in the public. So giving your dogs those opportunities to understand what they're supposed to do in these situations and how to feel safe in these situations is going to make you be more or help you be more successful um, when taking your dog out in public or when you have people come over to your house. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I always tell people the training doesn't start in the moment when they're outside and, you know, going crazy on the leash pulling everywhere. The training starts in the home. You know, you have to train, you know, for the moment. Um, so we have to get your dog listening in the house first and then, you know, work out in, you know, in public, around the neighborhood, at the cafe, um, you know, things like that. Yes. I, I think one last thing um, I would love to touch up on is that um, dogs do take time. It does take multiple training opportunities and context before dogs know how to do certain behaviors out in public. Um, and that's where benefits of training last like a little bit there. When you t- teach your dog how to do a sit in your living room, how to do sit in your backyard, how to do sit at the local park, every new place you do these behaviors, it gets easier and easier and easier. But if anybody has ever taken a child to a theme park for the first time or even the mall or even to the grocery store, keeping their attention is hard. <laughs> you know, it's the same is true for your dog, you know, you're not going to, if your dog does a great downstay in the middle of your living room from 10 feet away for five minutes, don't necessarily expect that same behavior to happen in the middle of a dog park with squirrels and other dogs and people running around. It's just not going to happen. It's your dog right off the bat. Your dog will, and that's where training comes into, start to understand that. And what I always like to do is I always like to take a step back when I go to a new context of behavior. So if my dog can do a five-minute downstay in my living room, I maybe do a 30-second downstay in the park around all these distractions and then reinforce that behavior and um, make sure that you, your dog understands that that behavior that they do in the living room is also rewardable in this environment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is that is so true. And um, just yeah, working around distractions and everything and working in the house and out of the house. And even, you know, I've been training for over a decade and I still take my dog to training class. Um, yeah. You know, even though, yes, I know, I know what to do. It's just, you know, getting her out, having a time that yeah. I have to get out in public and training with, with my trainer. Um, it just helps me really, you know, train with distractions, have someone else's point of view about maybe, maybe try this that you didn't think about. Um, so I always think that training is just super important. So I have a confession too, not you mention it. And then everyone's like, what's happening, Trevor? I'm a dog trainer. I've also, you know, I've been training, you know, for, since I was six years old. I'm in my 30s now. And I personally take, I would have to say, I'm looking, thinking, I was trying to count them in my head real quickly, but like at least eight classes a week with my dogs. <laughs> I'm a, I'm insane. I know. I'm not expecting everyone listening to this podcast to go out and sign up for eight classes a week. I don't also necessarily recommend it for, but that's something my wife and I love doing together. It's an activity my wife and I do together. We go train our dogs together at our classes. 
But people have to understand, like, you know, just us trainers, you know, we, we need that support too. We need to have professional outside eye looking in going, you know what would make that behavior better is if you do X, Y, or Z. And that's where professional help comes into, and that's what's so cool about APDT and everything that APDT has to offer for people is that you have that trainer search. So people that are listening to this podcast are like, well, I need that in my life too. I would love an outside eye to come look at me, whether it's for private lessons one-on-one or for a class-type situation. Those That outside eye is just, I can't tell you, like, Lauren, this, that is just like, I love it. Um, you know, right now, like I, I was talking to you on the phone, my, my wife and I were in the middle of a move. We just got to, moved into a brand new house in on Saturday. We're still unloading boxes. And we debated, we like, oh, there's class tonight. <laughs> we, we have about 50 boxes left on box in our house and there's class tonight. Should we go to class? And we both, my wife was like, we need to go to class. We need that Absolutely. for our dogs. That's something that's really healthy and helpful for me um, to help my dogs be successful in whatever they ask them to do. Yes, and, and you mentioned that APDT um, trainer search. Um, yeah. And it's, um, for our listeners, there's an APDT online trainer search. It's locateatrainer.org. Um, and each of the members adhere to um, the professional code of ethics for APDT. Yeah. They use positive reinforcement training techniques and also LEMA, which stands for Least Invert. Hold on. Uh, you almost got it. Okay. Uh, each member are. Each member adheres to our professional code of ethics to use positive reinforcement training techniques and LEMA, least intrusive, minimally aversive training principles. Yep. That's, so that's a really that's great so important. Yes, because we, you know, we've been talking about a lot about rewards and reinforcement. And in order to do that stuff, like you have to have, you know, sometimes a trainer that knows how to set your dog up for success. It's really about framework and teaching your dog. And one of the things that I, I love the analogy of, um, I hear this all the time. I'm not the one to make up this. So I don't want anyone thinking that I'm a genius for saying this. Um, but I love the analogy of a plant. Like you plant a flower in your garden and it start, it's having a hard time growing. We don't necessarily blame the flower. We don't. We say, okay, wait, the soil's not right. Maybe you didn't give it enough water. Maybe it's not in the right sunlight. You know, we, we think about the environment and how we set that flower up, up for success to grow, and that's the same for our dogs, too. And sometimes it's really hard to do that on your own with your dog. Setting up the right, the right framework and the right environment for your dog to be successful can get difficult, and that's where APDT comes in, and, um, and a professional trainer comes in to come help you and be that, that guiding um, path for you for being successful with your dog. Uh, so I've never heard that flower um, analogy. That's a good one. <laughs> it's a great one because it's just like we get so caught up in digging. I also, we also get so caught up necessarily that we're doing something wrong. And it, we just, us as the person that's training our dog, our, uh, the dog mom, dog dad, you know, whatever you want to call yourself, we need that help. We need that framework. It's not, you know, we, we talk about this as trainers all the time. Like, you know, training the dog is a very small, like, it's not a very small portion, but it's a, it's not as important as necessarily training the person that is working with the dog. You know, they need the help too. And, and that's, that's what most majority of the classes that I take. The eight classes isn't for my dogs necessarily. It's, it's my dogs love it and they benefit from it. It's for me, <laughs> for me to know how to be successful with my dog, for me to understand how I can help my dog to have fun and to be excited to work with me um, and dog agility and a basic obedience and going out in public and all that stuff. Absolutely. So I uh, I usually 
compare it to I ride horses. I've been riding horses for 30-something years, um, and I still take lessons twice a week. And right. it's not because I don't know what to do. It's because I need a ground person, as we call it in the horse world, a ground mm-hmm. person to help me. Say, hey, you're doing this. Why don't you switch it up? And it's the same with dog training. You need a ground person. You need someone to watch. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, this has been so great. And I know that we could just talk so many different other benefits. There's so many benefits I would want to cover some more. Um, we have so much more coming on this podcast. I'm so glad for everybody that tuned in to the very first episode of the podcast. And thank you guys for joining us today. And thank you, Lauren. For, it's been so great talking with you. Uh, uh, thank you for your time today, too. Awesome. It's been great. Thank you, Trevor. Awesome. Well, guys, if you want more information, I'm sure um, you guys can definitely check out APDT.com for more information. Otherwise, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And, Lauren, you have a great day, too. Thank you. You as well, Trevor. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Speak, the Association of Professional Dog Trainers podcast for pet parents. Make sure to visit our website at www.apdt.com where you can listen to other episodes of our podcast for additional training resources. Pet owners who would like to find an APDT member trainer in your area can do so by entering their city, zip code, or country into our online search engine at locateatrainer.com or call the APDT at 1-800-PET-DOGS. That's P-E-T-D-O-G-S. Happy training and be sure to tune in for our next episode.